0: Hello and welcome to the Colts Cover Two podcast. We are back. We are in Grand Park. We are taping this uh, in the sunny, hazy uh, shadows of the media room uh, here, we, we, which we share with Indy Eleven uh, during during training camp. It's been the the uh, the training camp location as long as I've been here, with the exception of the um, twenty twenty season and the uh, and and the COVID. Every, everything going on but we the colts have reported today um chris ballard has spoken we have actual cold stuff to talk about uh and and the summer is essentially over
1: yeah it's it's what's always weird about our uh, this schedule the nfl schedule is we get to like the first half of the summer is completely different from the second half and it just ramps up zero to 100 but it's exciting, it's a. It's like it's, it's just so perfectly sunny out here, and tomorrow morning it's going to be the first practice, 10 a.m., and this year, I mean, last year had a lot of buzz to it for a totally different reason. You know, last year had a team that people really believed in. It, it's hard to remember back that far, but it was a team that had a lot of hype and uh, with Matt Ryan here and, and thought it was a year that, that would contend, and it wasn't. This year it's like the total opposite, where it's the team is not what's going to have people fired up I don't think as much not this feeling that they're like on the cusp it doesn't have as many veterans doesn't have Stephon Gilmore and and some of the players like that but everything's gonna be about the quarterback and so uh, we'll get to talk to Anthony Richardson for the first time tomorrow and then see him out in a training camp practice for the first time tomorrow he just signed his contract today and I'm just excited to see kind of what the the buzz and energy is like around a rookie quarterback because it's something Colts fans haven't really had that for a guy drafted to be a starter since Andrew Luck. Yeah, it, there's been a lot of practices that are
0: sold out. Um, it's interesting. It's it's kind of the practices that are typically sold out. I'll be interested to see if it feels like the crowds are bigger on the sort of non-peak uh, days to see Richardson. Um, that's one of the best things about training camp is how many fans get to be out here um, and, and above us, and we can kind of get a little feel for the uh, what the team is thinking about. A lot uh,
1: of night practices too, joint practices. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, that, well those those are the peak ones like then the, the, like so in terms of like rich what I was talking about with Richardson's like impact on the fan base and people coming out to see him those are the ones that kind of fill up anyway yeah. the 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 like random Tuesday or Wednesday in like a week or two when it's not new anymore if that feels really full compared to previous years that'll just be like a, a pretty good indicator
1: and the autograph lines too because remember last year like Jonathan Taylor was the man for autographs there's always like that I mean there's a lot of players kids love autographs as as you know you have three of them now um and I remember yours, yours were out here last year getting some autographs but.
0: they did they we got uh and uh they got uh uh three Brewers autographs this year this summer so oh, nice. they they do like the autographs kids love the autograph yeah I, it's mostly though it's mostly though they like getting like they like getting the autograph and they like having it but most of it is that they get to like Touch the player, basically. Like yeah. they're basically right next to him.
1: Yeah, it's so that that one-on-one interaction, and that's what's just gonna be amazing. I, I just think the rush for Anthony this year is gonna be probably unlike anything I've ever seen. I mean, I've seen it with established quarterbacks. You saw it with Drew Brees. I saw it with Matthew Stafford. I I haven't ever covered a first-round rookie quarterback though, so it'll be new for me too.
0: Yeah i I had Brees. I had um well, it was a weird year when I covered Andrew Luck. Um, he's kind of in and out, but Breeze Breeze in terms of the just the the steady. It'd be like one corner of the side of the of the field because he always left the field last in training camp. They would do their quarterback competition, and that would always take really long while the other players were getting done and interviewing. And uh, Breeze would usually kind of like take like a little lap, and like people would just stay for a long time around like basically kind of like maybe not a quarter of the field but like one corner of the field there'd be like going up one line and across the end zone there'd be people waiting just to like in the hopes that he would come over so it will be interesting to see um how how everyone responds to richardson um it'll be interesting to see like what happens in this training camp one of the things that we talked about with ballard today and i think there's an unspoken thing maybe that i'm i might get at here (sighs) It does feel like this is a – without Chris Ballard actually saying this explicitly out loud, it feels like he said a lot of things that make it sound like this isn't a, like a hold, let's wait and see. Now, I'm going to try to remember all of them right now. But he said in regards to Jonathan Taylor's contract, he said we've got new coaching staff. Uh, he said they decided in the winter to go super young at corner. Um, he didn't say that with the line, but the lack of – additions sort of underscores that uh for for that position too there's a lot of stuff that feels like hey we've got to figure out exactly what we have and what we are with this after the 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 from last year before they move forward and to me that sounds like a transitional year that's not necessarily a going for it year that's that's i think that's i think the, the read between the lines what i took away from what he said
1: yeah it feels like a treading water year and it's just it's hard. I guess it's hard for a GM to come out and say it in those terms or really, be explicit because this is supposed to be a time of, of hope and you know renewed enthusiasm for fans, for players, for coaches. There's a lot of, and you don't want to sell it to like the players as if you're not, you're not giving an effort to win. But obviously, players they, they can read it for themselves and, and make decisions for themselves. Stephon Gilmore saw where this was going, you know, and he asked, uh, you know, for a trade. He got one to the Cowboys. To force Buckner, uh, you know he he decided to, to buy in on it, and he's he's here. So it's, you know, but but I think most of the players understand that this is about moving forward with Anthony Richardson, and that means, I mean, how Kenny Moore today said that you know we got to lo- learn and grow together, and that might mean losing. So like there's a different sort of uh, context to this whole thing, but yeah, I think the biggest shift to me that underscores exactly what you're saying is a year ago at this time they or just before this time they signed stefan gilmore so the plan was not to go young at cornerback. then it was about to get a pro bowler and be as good as we can this year why is it a totally opposite approach i think it's just because of what they think they can get out of this year what they need to get out of this year and yeah i did pick up on that too about how much he feels like he doesn't know the roster entirely which i think just goes back to how kind of messed up last year was that it just it it made it a hard time to evaluate the full ceiling and floor of anybody uh, or at least a lot of players around. I think I definitely got that out of kind of where Michael Pittman Jr. is with the the issues they had at at quarterback and offensive line. So this year, if it's going to be a treading water, if it's not a a year, they look as contending the, maybe the added benefit to it is the patience of getting to play it out in a new scheme and see kind of what are your building blocks long-term. Yeah,
0: it, and Ballard, Ballard said, "I mean, he says this about a lot of the rookies." I apologize if you can hear the lawn work that's going on behind us. This was not going on when we sat down. They <laughs>
1: waited for us to come out. Um, it looks like they have fun gear. The, looks like they those look like fun lawnmowers to use. Yeah, like stand up,
0: um, like stand up Ryan lawnmowers. Uh, but uh. He, he, he tried to caution with, with a lot of positions, too, not just Richardson. He did it with corner. He did it with some with, with offensive line a little bit. He kept saying, like, we know there's going to be some hiccups. We know there's going to be some hiccups. We know there's going to be some hiccups. You don't say that with a team that's going for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, we didn't hear that last year. He, he probably said it about some of the rookies, but, like, not in, like, terms. I don't know if he said it in terms of, like, a whole position group. Because it's a, kind of a favorite thing of his to say. But I don't know if he said it like – like he said with the corners, he's like, we're going to have some issues. Like just – we're going to go young and we're excited about seeing it, but we know we're going to have some hiccups. And like if you're if you're trying to win in division, you're not trying to have a position where you just know things are going to go bad, especially if it's just like corner of all, of all positions.
1: Yeah, I felt that on offensive line too because he made a reference to how – you know, he said that he felt the offensive line played better in the second half last year. They're expecting growth out of Bernard Ryman. But it, it was phrased in terms of like – we hope they get better. We hope they take strides in pass pro. There weren't really moves made to ensure that they are going to. There wasn't, like, even fallback options at, at right guard, um, you know, veteran option that, that if one guy fails, they'll go to. Uh, it's more like, you know, he brought up Blake Freeland pretty quickly in that answer that, you know, we like our, our fourth-round pick who's a swing tackle. And it, it very much feels like an evaluative year for a lot of these pieces. And I think the ones that they seem like they're probably counting a little bit more on, like they do believe in, would be guys like Michael Pittman Jr. and Jonathan Taylor. The idea being, what can those guys, if we get them back to their peak, bring out of our rookie quarterback?
0: Yeah, and Taylor, Taylor is such an interesting. Taylor is such an interesting situation because of what's going on with all the running backs right now. Saquon Barkley, uh, as of this morning, signed a deal that doesn't really give him a lot. More than what he had. Yep. He got he got some of it in signing bonus. So he got it up front rather than he has to wait for it to get paid out during the season. Uh, technically, he's not playing on the franchise tag. Uh, there's there's not. This doesn't feel like there's a lot there. Um, Josh Jacobs is not planning to, as as far as I know, or reportedly plan not planning to, to start practice with the the Raiders. There's a lot of holdouts too. That's that's yeah. maybe an interesting thing from today. That uh, I wonder if that's. Uh, is it's, is this a one year thing, or is this something that all teams, including the Colts, are going to be dealing with in the future? Is like Nick Bosa is apparently holding out. Zach Martin's apparently holding out. I'm probably missing a few that like I missed while we were doing other stuff reporting today. Um, contract stuff is always a part of this time of year, but it feels like with given Taylor's position and what he's felt about the running backs, how outspoken he's been, uh, Michael Pittman today kind of just deflected it. Well, it's interesting. He kind of passed on it.
1: Yeah, if you read between the lines on Pittman, though, um, I he's excited for a contract year. I think he would not want to sign a deal right now. Um, This is this is just my interpretation, having talked to him, covered him, and talked to his family. And um, he's he very much is. It's been a big goal of his and his family to sign a big extension. And he knows a lot about this stuff. But he hasn't. In his mind, he's not played his best football yet. He's not hit near the goals that he's set for himself the past two years, even though he's led the Colts in receiving. So for him, it's it's a totally different mindset than Jonathan Taylor, who's like running backs, you're like, we got to sign, you know, we got to get that security. We got to get that money before an injury strikes. The wide receiver market is the complete opposite right now of running backs where those are the guys that, that like there aren't enough to go around. You hit free agency, you could be Christian Kirk and get a ton of money just by being the top guy, even if you're not necessarily a proven number one, and you don't have the same fear of injury. So to him, it'd be like kind of selling his own potential short to sign right now, even if they offered a reasonably fair extension. I think he's just really excited to see what he could do if you give him the same quarterback for 17 games that he can work with, or at least most of the season, something different than last year, and let him really lock in and, and maybe scratch some of that upside to then take that into you know, possibly an open market setting because he, he keeps bringing up that like he's auditioning for 32 teams. He has phrased this less – Jonathan Taylor talks a lot about trying to sign here with the Colts. Michael Pittman is talking about just letting it play out and letting and signing with whoever it ends up being because I think that he, he feels like he he wants to bet on himself and in, he, he feels confident that there will be some team really willing to invest in him. It's just so different than how running backs can look at well,
0: it. Well, it's interesting because I was about to say I wonder if – You know, the somewhat likelihood, maybe strong likelihood that this is going to be a run-heavy offense, and maybe a a not super-efficient passing game right away would would knock Pittman off of that. But the thing is, the floor is not very far. Like you said, like Christian Kirk got a big deal, and at that point when he signed his deal, he was less productive than Michael Pittman Jr. has been in terms of statistics. So the 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 piece of it with with like betting on himself, there, there's not really a downside in the way that there is if you try to bet on yourself as a running back. Um, that's part of the reason I think, like obviously, Taylor is the kind of guy who would want to sign with the same team. Like that, that's kind of always been his M.O., but I think there's a business side to that, too, which is running backs don't get good contracts on the open market. They're, they're much more likely to get a decent contract from the team that they play with. At least over the last couple of years, the the open market has not been kind to running backs. The running backs who have signed deals that, like while they're going down, are extensions that with good money have been for their own team. And like I was reading through, I wrote uh, Ballard's comments on Jonathan Taylor Day, and I was reading through um, what Nick Chubb said yesterday and what Andrew Barry said yesterday with uh, with Cleveland about the whole situation. And Barry was saying we felt like we had a superstar player when we signed him to that deal. And it's Nick Chubb, so the value was there for us. I think that maybe that applies here, too, is that, that he, that Jonathan Taylor might end up being more valuable to the Colts than he would on the open market. And he, they probably know that, if we're being honest. They, like they, these, these guys, these agents and stuff, they, they're looking at comps. They're looking at contract comps, what's going on in the league. And what they've been seeing is if you want money, you've got to get it from your own team.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I, I've made that argument too. I think we probably both have on here about Jonathan is just he's uniquely valuable to this team. Like just right before a training camp I did the list that I do each year now of most essential Colts. And I had Jonathan Taylor number two, second straight year. And that's even with all the running back talk. But it's like for them to for this year to really insulate Anthony Richardson in a run heavy offense that he doesn't have to carry, that he's that he's not, you know, that he could just develop as a passer in, in limited moments without you know, kind of having to will it forward with his arm. You need a, a run game, and not only that, but you need someone to take the hits in that run game that are not just your quarterback. Because I think the thing that's, that's going to be very fascinating to watch for is how they protect Richardson. Part of that's going to be offensive line questions, but part of it is also how do they get use out of his electric rushing ability without – exposing him so much to injury risk that he's he's then hurt and off the field because if he's not practicing he's not developing he's not getting better in the way that you want and i think Jonathan taylor is huge to that so that's why i th- kind of think there should be a middle ground it's just it's hard to figure out the, the dollar signs for running backs because the whole market is just so kind of messed up um you have a market where dalvin cook and kareem hunt are out there available and so long as you have those alternatives that have no jobs it's like teams They have another card to play it's the opposite of when christian kirk got a big deal um but as far as like the interest in having the player and the team fit together i think jonathan and the colts are kind of about as good of a match as you could find in this era of you know running backs being devalued
0: some version of the chubb deal feels like the comp that the colts would probably be okay with i don't know that I'm, i'm speculating but to me the chubb deal is the one running back deal like second deal that to me i'm like that one made sense there's yeah. not there's not a ton of risk beyond the first two years for the for the Browns, they got a guy who was, you know, still in the middle of his career. He, he wasn't like they they didn't sign him to the point where like there's there's dead money through the, you know, his his ninth season in the league. You know, and, and so I, I I I if I was the Colts, that would be the comp I would be throwing out. I, Taylor's people I assume are not. I, I don't know any of this, um, for sure. I'm just guessing. Is is to me if you're going to re sign a running back, the Chubb deal felt like the one that like he get he got money. Maybe maybe not like the big wide receiver money, but he got good money and and the team wasn't ham like the, the team didn't hamstring itself for a very long time.
1: Yeah, I've always looked at the Chubb deal as as a good comp and, and the thing about it partly is just I think those two players are very similar. Um, I think you could argue this the number one and number two rushers in the NFL. If you look at a lot of the explosive metrics, the efficiency metrics, yards above average, all that kind of stuff, yards after contact, Chubb and Taylor tend to trade off the past couple of years in that. The one thing that you would say maybe that they're not prolific at is third downs. So it's like trying to find kind of what's the – something step down from, you know, what Alvin Kamara and, and Christian McCaffrey got as elite receivers. What's a step down from that? And Nick Chubb's deal with three years – 36 million with 20 million guaranteed i felt like that was a great compromise uh between a team and a player where like you said they were like they they did it at a point where the team has incentive to keep him healthy so that they can make money mu- they can make use of the 20 million that guaranteed chubb also has an incentive to maintain as much as he can because he was going to hit for agency again at like age 28 Jonathan can get set up that same way if he signs, like, a 3 yearish ish deal where it's like, hey, both sides are going to try and work together to get the most out of you, the most explosive, efficient version of you, but also, like, hope that there's still something beyond that, that you can get to 28, and if you're still productive. And Nick Chubb's only – I think he's a year away from hitting that, and right now Nick Chubb – Yeah, I his mean,
0: deal's up after 2024, I think. Yeah.
1: Now, I, it's hard to say with the current state of running backs, but you'd like to think, like, he can still continue to add – uh years and money to his to his career that's why I've always thought that there's got to be there's got to be a middle ground that's something like that that said though Nick Chubb was the last running back to sign a contract like this it's been frozen since then so and it was interesting to hear Chris make a Chris Ballard make a mention of like the market's the market so they're paying attention to it and they're playing it's not just what they think he's worth to them it's also what they can get away with paying a guy. Well, that's, why that's, that's, so that's how contracts
0: work. That's like, like it's comps. That's exactly what they do. If you, if you want to, it's the same thing with trades. If you want to look at what a team is going to give up in a trade, find a comp and same thing with the contract. They, they, they work off of comps. That's, that's the way, that's the way agents work. The way agents work is that they look at the, the best contracts, the position, if they have a, that, that kind of player and they go, we want to top that. That's exactly what they do. Um, and so right now, what the Colts are doing is looking at the market and seeing the comps, and they're saying, okay, this is what the market's paying right now. And I would assume that they're, that, that Taylor's people are probably looking at a different set of comps, and they've got to figure it out. Um, it'll be very interesting. Jonathan Taylor is scheduled to talk. If you're listening to this, you'll probably be listening to this. Most of you are probably listening to this on Wednesday. And so by the time you hear it, he may be talking already because he's, he's – he. Tentatively, I don't know for sure that I don't know for sure, but I think he might be talking on, on Wednesday. Um, so there's a chance that he's already had his conversation with us. But it, I I'm very interested to see what he says because he was very interesting, very oh, yeah. open uh, in June when, we, when when I talked to him um, about about the contract that he he opened up about saying this is a team that has paid people in the past, they've rewarded people for their work. I want to be rewarded for my work. I feel like I'm important to the team. Uh, I, I'll be interested to see what he says in light of the franchise tags and Jacob's holding out and Saquon signing this deal and Tony Pollard having to sign the franchise tag, which no player wants to do. I, I'm very interested to see what Jonathan Taylor says. It it's what Chris Ballard said. Ultimately, like there's you can read into what he said a lot of different ways, but if you, I think if you read the totality of what he said, he was just playing both sides the whole the whole way. He's just saying, well, this could happen, and it could not happen, and this could happen, but it could not happen. Or yeah. we could do it now, or we could do it then. Like, he was he was dancing around an actual revelation of, of what's going on. Taylor, I think, is going to be much more explicit,
1: and that's going to be very interesting. Yeah, because he's kept that up since even those comments he made in the spring because he recently went to Twitter about um, he's been following all of it on Twitter, and when Saquon Barkley didn't get his deal ahead of camp, you know, he, he had a tweet out there about how, the more value you add as a running back, you know, it, it, it doesn't seem to pay off. Um, so I'll be interested to in hear that. It's also – it's fascinating just to think through what this team's going to do with Michael Pittman Jr. Because, um, like, you talk about how they they work off comps. Well, the thing about it is, like, it, it's been very clear that Chris Ballard, he's never really hidden the fact that he doesn't value wide receiver the way that other teams do in the NFL. That's not – you know, he, he doesn't seem like a huge fan of what's happened to that market. And – um, it's just never been a position he's invested a lot in, but at the same time today, I felt like he was more, uh, I don't know, more praising, I guess, of, of Michael Pittman even than just about any other player. Um, just one of the quotes he said today is he said, I love Pitt. That freaking dude loves to compete. Uh, You know, I would rather have a guy like Pitt who wants it and wants to win and does all the little things competitively right than a guy who just accepts what his role is. And that's important to me because Chris has always talked about how the players he pays, the extension he hands out, he thinks very much about how that's telling everybody in that room and that side of the ball and that team that that's what we want you to be. So that statement to me showed, like, we want a team of guys like Michael Pittman Jr., so then, you know, what's the dollar amount that, that it costs to get that? Because the way Pittman has laid it out is very much like it's not he's not just gonna race and sign just to stay here. Like I I and I know he likes being here. He loves you know, loves raising his family in, in this area and uh, and all that, but you know, he, he he's looking for value too. So it's like it is it's gonna test some things in the Colts where on one hand they love to extend the players that they draft and fall in love with on a cultural level like this. They have a good track record of doing it, but they haven't gone and done that at wide receiver much, and they certainly haven't dipped into this new explosive wide receiver market. So what's the compromise between all that? It will be interesting, and it's especially interesting to see the season play out to see just how much of a connection does Pittman form with Anthony Richardson, which will then help really craft his value to this team in this specific situation. Um,
0: Pitt – one of the other things I think that, that comes into play for both Pittman's contract and for Taylor's contract is, I mean, there's – the Colts are going to have some space yeah. going forward. And they don't have to fill it with quarterback for a while. And they don't have to fill it with left tackle for at least another year. Um, the, There's not a ton of the, – there's some space to fit in some deals and oh. I, I think that that, I, that that always plays a role in when guys get signed too for teams is what's available like when good guys end up on the market the reason is because their team feels like they can't fit them under the cap you know or they feel like they're not good enough to pay what they want on the open market and
1: get it under the cap the
0: same way because you can release people and do whatever you want
1: you know but it's like Tyreek Hill getting moved because Patrick Mahomes just got paid and, and so they've got They've got space to fit guys. Like it's, I
0: don't think it's necessarily going to affect a lot going forward. Um, and, I, and I think that, that that ultimately plays a role in this for the Colts as well. Yeah, timing but, is the, maybe the most. N- Chris Ballard said twice. Uh, it's a new coaching staff. Almost like he was saying they have to find out and evaluate what they have. Which it's a little weird. Like, I know what Jonathan Taylor is. You know what Jonathan yeah. Taylor is. We all know what Jonathan Taylor is. Um, is that a euphemism for seeing? Like, do we want to see if he gets hurt again? Like, I, I don't know. But like, we he d- he know did,
1: we know who he is if he's healthy. And Ballard said it later that they know who he is if he's healthy. Like, well, he but he also brought up weird. he also brought up the injury. So I don't know if that's about we got to see him coming back from that injury. It is interesting, though, and it's – you bring up a good point with timing, though, too, because the thing is this this is the year, you know, you'd like to think the last year that they're eating dead money on a quarterback, um, whatever it was, $18 million on Matt Ryan, something like that, and this happens to be the final year of the rookie deals for Pittman and Taylor. But they'll like, spend it for the next year. If they get extensions, it would kick in next year if they if they don't do the franchise tag route. That's going to line up with when they're now set with a rookie – Quarterback contract. And just today, I think signed his rookie deal. So it's like they have the money to do it. And I just, that's where maybe they do need to see some things play out. I think Pittman, like I said, I think he wants to see things play out. But you have a situation where, like, if this works, if they can get Pittman and Taylor to play at peak levels, get the best year out of the two of them. And then, and if that brings out some of the upside and, and raises the floor of their rookie quarterback man, it's going to be tough to let those things walk when you have the money to keep them. That's like they're building out an infrastructure for Anthony to grow in, and just I think keeping the guys around him that that bring out the best in him are, you know, is, is your best ticket to doing that. So it's not as easy as that because if Pittman wants to go to the open market and take the top dollar bid, he can do that um, unless they choose a franchise tag and delay it that way. But it just – I – yeah, it, they're going to have money to do it, and it, you would like to think that if, if it doesn't happen, it's not just because they, this general stance on like, well, we didn't want to pay a contract that high because, frankly, the market is what it is, especially wide receiver, and they're going to have the money to do it. One other piece of information
0: that's interesting and stupidly polarizing, sorry, I'm just going to say it. It's kind of stupidly polarizing, um, is Shaq Leonard is not going to start the camp on pop. That is unequivocally a good sign. Oh, yeah. Um, generally, at this time of the year, teams don't play guys at all if if there's any reason to not play them. And he's obvi- he would obviously be a candidate for Pup. He's not going to start him Pup. He's not going to be full right away. We're not going necess- to necessarily see him in team drills right away. It's It sounds like it's going to start with the individual because they feel like they have to get his endurance back up, is what Ballard said, which makes sense. He's not played a lot of football he only played 74 snaps last season um but they feel good enough about him that he passed his physical and so that is different than last year at this time the the timing of the surgery is different than last year at this time it was last year at this time he was coming off of a june surgery this time he's coming off a november surgery that's very different timelines he feels like they feel like he's gotten rest um there's no way to know, and Ballard said this there's no way to know exactly what's going to happen going forward, but th- I would say these are the these are pretty clearly positive signs that they nec- haven't well, that we haven't necessarily gotten before
1: yeah, I think so, because even contrasting it back to last year, not only was the timeline shifted, but when check did start practicing, that was right at the start of the regular season, right around then and what was different about that is they had the pressure of games coming. And then what sped it up is the fact that they didn't start out well and they got shut out in Jacksonville, you know, and they started 0 1 and 1. And then, you know, and then he came back for a big divisional game against the Titans just a couple weeks later. Like he, and Shaq admitted he rushed that back. He should have given it more time. But they were, you're under the gun a little bit more when you are in the season and games count and all that. Like to to have him out here now doing an individual work right now when, They've got weeks to play with. It does have to be encouraging unless unless they're hand, unless they're not being serious enough about it. But I don't I don't sense that's what it is. They're in the second time around doing this. They're all said they're be, they're gonna be more cautious about it. And they are being cautious with a lot of other players who are uh, they got two other players, Will Mallory and Taquan Lewis starting on pup, even though they're not far off. But even guys like like Chris Ballard said Michael Pittman Junior, they're holding him back. Pittman said today, like he has no injury. So like they're holding him back even a little bit. Just to be a thousand percent certain, because there's nothing that they feel like they have to gain right now. So if they're willing to go to that some level like that with Shaq right now, I think it's it's about as encouraging as you could ask for. That
0: guy's lawnmower has a Purdue flag attached to it. Wow. I just figured I'd give you guys some color since since the uh, the Grand Park staff ended up going to work right yeah. as we sat down right got, after we sat got down at the ambiance. Um, and just just as an apology, like. You can say you could just tape another time. <laughs> <laughs> these 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 days are
1: pretty packed, chock full out here. I think we've um, recorded two of these that didn't save too. So uh, we record and we save them when they work and when it works for us. And this is this is gonna have to do. Um. So uh,
0: one of the interesting things, and I'll be interested to see what Shane Steichen says about this. But there's sh- the the schedule says they're shorter practices. With the exception of the Bears practices, they're they're gonna be in some cases an hour, in some cases an hour fifteen. I think the longest is like an hour thirty, without the Bears being here. That's interesting. I just I don't even know if it's a story. I'm just curious what Steichen says about it, like what his plan is. Um, Ballard, we, we kind of talked to Ballard about the schedule today, and he said things like, you know, that he wants to be intense about it. He's, I'll I'll just I'll just say what I'm thinking. He said the things that everyone says about their training camp in every single football camp at every level from here across this country of ours. Like, they all say it. Yeah. And so I, I don't know exactly what it means. I'm curious why it's shorter. I'm curious, you know, how fast it's going to move. What are the periods like? That that all is interesting.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting because I feel like last year we talked a lot about, players talked a lot about how fast-paced those practices were, that they, they decided to really you know Matt Ryan that was his thing was how many plays he moved through and how quickly he moved through them so there seems to be less time allotted for him this year um so it'll be interesting to see how fast they go or maybe they just do a little less of some different parts of it
0: ultimately we'll know that like one of the one of the benefits of charting practices the way I will um and the way you will is that I can compare exactly how many throws I don't necessarily have plays, but I have throws for from camp to camp. I can just go back and look at it. And so'll we'll, we'll know in a couple of weeks like does it are the quarterbacks getting more throws or getting less throws? We're, we're gonna have an idea of that stuff. Uh, again, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's indicative of anything. I don't think that there is a good database for us to look at where we can look at like how much time each team spends in practice and what they do. You know what I mean? Because I have to. W- if y- you could, we could probably look up the schedules of like when they start and when they end around the league. We don't know how they break it up. We don't know what their numbers are. We don't know t- coaches around the league do it differently. But just Colts year over year, it's going to be an interesting thing to look at. You know, um, and again, may- maybe Steichen does want it to be more intense, but every coach says they want it to be intense, every single one.
1: So I don't know. We're we're going to see what training camp looks like. Well I think the one thing that will be a little more intense is having two joint practices like that two of those sessions because those are always more intense when you're going up against guys like there's there's an you know there's an urge to while you're being competitive out here you're trying to protect your own when you're pricing against your own teammates it's a different energy when you're going up against the guys who are not your teammates and also a certain competitive edge that comes with I don't want to get dominated by guys that I'm not on the same team with I want it like it feels a little bit more game like and they've got two of those Bears and Eagles, and uh, you know, especially especially be interesting to see just some of the the back and forth with the Eagles coaching staff and Nick Sirianni, who certainly likes to um, spice it up sometimes, and uh, you know, that's where Shane Steichen just came from, so the players know him. So it'll be interesting to see kind of balance of that though, and and then how they from how a they
0: practice standpoint though. The fact that they're going against Sirianni's Eagles and Iberflus's Bears, like I'll be surprised if either of those get like. Fighty,
1: you don't think it'll be like Freddie Kitchens, Browns?
0: I don't think it'll be like. Just knowing how they those that, that tree tends to operate, like Sirianni is feisty, but he's feisty in a different way than that, you know. And so, and plus, plus, he'll be going against somebody who's like his best friend. So, I, if if you come to, uh, let's just say this: if you come to training camp, joint practices, looking for fights, I might be surprised if you get him. Like real big ones. You'll get like some yeah. pushing. Like you're gonna get some pushing. Well we didn't but in terms a, of
1: like real fights, I don't know. We didn't have a true fight last year and that was nope. against a Lions coach who said he was out to bite kneecaps off. So uh. Well Dan Campbell comes from Sean Payton's and Sean
0: Payton once told his team that if they fought during joint practices he would cut whoever started it. Huh. So Dan, Campbell, like, wants, Dan Campbell wants Dan Campbell wants to, to bite kneecaps, but he comes from a, a school of don't mess up don't mess with my practice, so <laughs> And and honestly, Dan Campbell is so big that if you're a player, cutting him cutting you might be the least of your worries if he was really yeah. mad
1: at you. But we already know that if, if there is, a, uh, let's say, a skirmish that starts, uh, we know who the most likely Colts player is to be in the middle of that. Uh, uh, it's Michael Pittman. <laughs> yes. Same as last year. Same as always. Yeah. That's who he is. Who it's who he wants to be. That's why Chris Ballard today said he loves players like that. Uh, a couple of fun things here at the end.
0: Nate. Got a shout out from Chris Ballard during the press conference.
1: I was not expecting that. He likes his guns. I, I Nate's told been him lifting well I, during I, the summer. Yeah, I uh no, I did no appreciate beach, that. No
0: beach vacations for, for Nate. Just, I snuck just, one one in. Just curls.
1: <laughs> a lot of curls. <laughs> his his vacation was to Muscle Beach. That's why. <laughs> that's why (laughs) that's how you know someone had to save up for the lasik surgery is just stay home and and lift and make use of your gym membership i'm i'm gonna create
0: my own i'm gonna create my own alternate reality here nate went to muscle beach for vacation (laughs) and spent all of his time um taking pre-workout and then and then going crazy on the uh on the stuff at muscle beach that's what happened
1: now it was funny though is i told I told Chris when he said that uh, did not expect it, but I just said, dude I, I have a feeling you won't be saying that about me come January. It's like the last time we'll talk to him. Uh, our bodies don't look quite as as nice then, but uh yeah, I know it's a it's a fun time a time of year where I get to you know we get to join in with the players and say we're in the best shape of our life. We'll see what the season brings. I am not. I had too many vacations. you had very fun summer though. I had too many vacations. where'd you go uh
0: d c for five days. Uh, Which included trips to Nationals Park and Camden Yards. So I'm now at 21. I've seen 21 major league teams play in their home park. I'm not seeing, like, I saw the Twins in the Metrodome. I've not seen Target Field yet. I will probably try to get that field. I will not try to get every one of them as they get new stadiums. That's too much. I'm just going to try to see them play in their home parks. But that's 21 for me. Uh, Camden, huge rave reviews for Camden. Love Love Camden love camden and especially love jimmy's the jimmy's seafood stand in left field i'm glad to hear they that had because crab cake egg rolls that were unbelievable we were going
1: to try and go to camden when they Colts play in baltimore but they're not home that weekend yeah no
0: the, the orioles the orioles camden was great um the nationals park leaves a little bit to be desired the president's race is great but other than that eh. um the puerto rican restaurant that's in that neighborhood though was great uh i also went to wisconsin because that's where I'm from to see my parents and then I went to Alabama and Florida to see say, my wife's parents. All of that was mixed in with um, we saw the bananas here. Uh, our our softball season. We, we just had a lot. We, when, you have three, when you have three kids, you, you have a lot going on during the summer, especially when both yeah. you and your wife are off. So what was your best vacation thing?
1: Uh, I did sneak in one day at, at Atlantic Beach. Muscle Beach. Muscle Beach, and it wasn't
0: one day; it was all the days.
1: <laughs> yeah, Nate uh, got
0: LASIK well curling, well curling uh, dumbbells.
1: Well, I was gonna say the LASIK was probably the highlight. Is that I can see now, and I'm not um, confused as to wear glasses or not wear glasses. And I always get caught in between because I had weird vision that was kind of good and kind of not good. So, hopefully, my observation, hopefully my takes will be a little better on the Colts this year. Um, but that yeah. was. That was probably the best thing I did was, was LASIK. But there's I mean, there's it, your big news of the day. Nate couldn't see last year. That's my excuse for telling you that uh, the Matt Ryan Colts are going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Nate was so upset about his takes on the Matt Ryan Colts that he, <laughs> he got his wizard
1: fixed. <laughs> I could not do that again.
0: That's, that's pretty good. Um, so so Nate's highlight was LASIK. Um,
1: yeah, I mean I did a little bit though. Got to Chicago. Uh saw some family there. And then I got to just kinda chill out. My grandpa just turned ninety five and uh he's he's finally at the stage where he's not gardening anymore. We finally got him to give it up. So I like to go down. Oh there I'm on your grandpa's side there. Help him. I'm garden. on your grandpa's side there. Let that man back to his tomatoes. Oh, he goes down there with me. I just <laughs> I, I don't want him to you can't have him running the rototiller. That's uh, oh well, that's, that's fair. Dangerous. That's
0: fair, but he can still he can still do some plant
1: tending. Yeah, he he does some of that. You I, know what Clint I,
0: Eastwood I, says about that? Don't let the old man in. Your grandfather's not letting the old man in.
1: Yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it helps me sleep at night though, when he uh, when he lets me do the work. So maybe, okay, maybe that's why I'm in a little better shape. So I had to garden a lot.
0: Well, I also I also wrecked an ankle like right before the summer started, and was significantly limited for a while on what I could oh. do. Uh, is that you, basketball? No, no, you saw it. It happened before I left. I, I wrecked it playing softball like the second oh, week of May. Right. And it, it was like – it was a good grade too. So it took a while to get back. Um, but that's enough about us. You guys care more about the Colts. Uh, practice starts tomorrow. I'm, I am I love once we get to see training camp. This is when stuff matters. Like I was, I was doing the preview story for – uh, training camp the other day, which was on Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor as a combination, which I'm very fascinated to see because I really don't think there's ever been a quarterback and running back paired together that have the capabilities, both size and speed to kind of do whatever the coaching staff wants with them. Like you can, a lot of times when quarterbacks and running backs get paired, the quarterback is the guy who runs outside, the running back is the guy who runs inside with Ken Newton. Every once in a while that got flipped, but these two, are both big enough and fast enough to do whatever. And that's very interesting to me. So I had a story on that. Um, But even in there, there's a little quote from Shane Steichen about how, you know, he liked what Richardson did in the spring. He liked how he picked up the offense. But training camp is when you're going to really find out. And that's true. That's the thing to remember about training camp is training camp is when we find out how these guys are in terms of, Not what they're going to be during the regular season, but who's going to make the roster and who's going to at least open the season as the starter. Now, every NFL season I've ever covered, guys open the season as a starter and guys open the season on the roster that are out of those spots by week three. But who's going to make the roster? And that is is going to be most of what is going on out here. And Richardson Development plays into that because who is starting at quarterback is the most important question the Colts have to answer in this training camp. Uh, Chris Ballard, as as he typically does, kind of danced around it and tried to say, like, well, you know, we want to see if he's ready and we want to see if he can handle a game plan. But his boss, two weeks ago, said the best way for Anthony Richardson to develop is to play him. Which and is that tells what his coach me, said. And that's also what the coach said. And that tells me that they want him to play. Mm -hmm. so that's how I'm operating until someone says we changed our mind
1: yeah and uh we've said it many times I'll say it one more time just to to get it out there is that we're going to track everything Anthony Richardson does he is the story he's the fascination it's going to be awesome to and interesting to track all of his throws the good and the bad the highs and the lows uh but please understand that each day each day is one day of practice and so we're going to kind of just see this development throughout I know it's it's going to be a roller coaster. It's gonna We're going to have people react, especially since the fans are getting to watch. There's going to be moments that people, you know, you'll see him like we saw in the spring, you'll see moments where he throws a 65-yard bomb and people put him in the Hall of Fame. There's going to be times when, uh, you know, maybe his accuracy is not on point so much and or he throws a bad pick and, and there's people all worried about that. That's just going to happen here. It, it, as much as context as we're going to try and add, it's and, and everybody else is it's it's gonna get carried away at times, but uh, but I do I would do, do encourage people to read indiestar.com follow it on a daily basis. Um, you'll get a sense of how he's progressed from start to finish, and that ultimately is the way I'm looking at it. Is it's not about any specific day or moment. It's day one of training camp to the end, and then day one of the season to the end. And ultimately, success for to me for the Colts in 2023 is how does Anthony get better, and what where does he end up by week 18 more than any of the particulars
0: yeah no it's it's all about anthony richardson and that's we've all everyone's known that since before he was actually picked honestly it's all it was all before he was picked it was going to be all about the quarterback they picked after he was picked then we just had a name to put to it um and so that's that's this that's the theme of this training camp the theme of this train honestly i'm more excited for these practices because like if you put Matt Ryan and Phillip Rivers and guys like that in a practice setting, uh, they're going to complete a lot of passes and they're going to look good because they're veterans who've been around a long time. Although I will say this. I think that there were a lot of times the passing offense did not look good last year. I remember writing that in I observations. I didn't have then, so I don't remember I remember that. writing that in observations, but in general, but Matt Ryan I know didn't throw a lot of interceptions. Yeah. There were a lot of, like, kind of ho-hum days for the offense, but he didn't throw a lot of interceptions. The turnover stuff wasn't there. But that's because he's a veteran quarterback in a a practice. This is different. This is different. This is a a rookie quarterback learning an offense. Like, it is not necessarily just easy for him right away. He's not going to be able to complete 80% of his passes just because he knows exactly where everyone's going to be, and there's no rush on it. It's it's a much more interesting training camp. I love training camp all the time, especially
1: with two joint practices, two it's, opponents. It's coming much after more him. interesting,
0: even even without the opponents. It's more interesting just because he's he's doing all this for the first time. He's learning all of it for the first time. Uh, super excited, and away we go. It's it's time. Like, if you're listening to this by the time a practice is gone, that's fine because the way it works here is the way it works in camp is. One practice is over; and the next one's there. <laughs> like it's <laughs> there's not really a, there's there's there are little breaks because the CBA demands breaks, but um, for the most part, this is this is a a marathon that doesn't doesn't really stop here. And there's a lot to learn about the new quarterback the Colts have. And will we know by the end of this if Anthony Richardson will be a success? No, we won't. We'll, we won't. We won't even really have an idea. If we're being honest. Uh, but we'll have learned a lot about him that we didn't know before, and that's 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 ultimately that's the fun part of of having a rookie quarterback.
1: Yeah, this is about as excited as I've been. I'd say the most excited as I've ever been for an NFL season that I've covered.
0: Not last year. Are you? This is is it? Is this? Re, are you retroactively? Or did you
1: cutting off that part of it? <laughs> I mean, heading into last year, there was some excitement, but. <laughs> I still think Anthony Richardson, uh, rookie quarterback. I've always wanted to cover one of those, and I never have. And so it's the newness of it, training camp specifically, the newness of all of it. Uh, it's going to be pretty fascinating. For the Colts Cover 2
0: podcast, I'm Joel A. Erickson. This has been Nate Atkins. We will have we already have a lot of stuff up from today uh, on, on the opening of Colts camp and reporting day. We'll have a lot more the rest of this week, um, including beginning on Wednesday – with observations from every practice.